Opening night at the Met is less than a week away, and the excitement is palpable. Bellini's Norma opens the season with a new production by Sir David McVicker and an all-star cast featuring Sonda Ravinowski, Joyce DiDonato, and Joseph Kalea, under the baton of Carlo Rizzi. Today on the Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast, your guide to opening night at the Met. The Metropolitan Opera Guild is dedicated to enriching people's lives through an awareness and deeper appreciation of opera. Our podcast features lectures and events presented by the Guild in support of performances at the Metropolitan Opera. The Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast is funded in part by support from the Stuart J. Pierce Memorial Fund. To learn more, visit metguild.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast. I'm Stuart Holt. And I'm Naomi Baratera. And we are your co-host for the 2017-2018 season of Metropolitan Opera Guild podcasts. Bellini's Norma is the quintessential bel canto opera and a gripping drama. Norma is a high priestess, leader of the Druids, who has fallen in love with an enemy, the Roman official Polione. They have two children in secret. But Polione leaves her for another woman, Norma's protege, Adelgisa. For more, we turn things over to Opera News Editor-in-Chief F. Paul Driscoll and Metropolitan Opera Radio Commentator William Berger. Hi, Will Berger. Hello, good to see you. Good to see you, and thanks so much for doing this podcast My with me. My pleasure. I'm great. looking forward to this opera and to talking to you both. All right, let's get right into the business of Norma. When did you first encounter this opera? Well, I had heard about it a lot Uh growing up because it's that kind of opera. It's one that opera lovers like to refer to. And I had heard, let's call them the hits, Mm -hmm. here and there. But I didn't experience the whole opera until a production in San Francisco where I was working when I was in college. And at the time, in the 80s, the people there were all about the divas who was singing the roles and where they fell in the history of the divas who sang Norma and Adalgisa, because that's an important aspect of this opera, too. Mm -hmm. So how has your relationship with it changed over time? I think I've come to love the whole opera much more than either the hits or just uh, in terms of the divas who are singing this season, Mm -hmm. although that too. But I've really learned to appreciate the whole opera. What a great, dramatic work this is. And it's taught me a lot about how to listen to all of Italian opera Mm -hmm. through Norma. So let's talk about the most famous musical moment Mm. in the opera and one of the most famous musical moments in all of opera, Casta Diva, which is the title character's big scene with the chorus and... It comes right at the beginning of the evening. Why? Why is this? Uh, Carol Vanessa used to refer to Norma as ooga, 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 ooga. And why is this such a big moment? I think she was onto something with the ooga, ooga, ooga. <laughs> Let's see if we can find another way of putting that. Because I think that aria has a very mystical quality to it. Um, and by that, I mean it really suspends time. Mm-hmm. I mean, when somebody is singing the pants off of it, you're floating around. You come back afterwards and say, well, where was I for the last few minutes? And that suspension of time, I think it's something that in a very different way, 
maybe not so different. Wagner found mm-hmm. in Parsifal, Verdi at various moments. It's an amazing thing to have happen. And I think specifically in Casta Diva, in this aria in Norma, there's a sense of ritual to it anyway, mm-hmm. not only in the dramatic situation because the character of Norma is about to perform a ritual, but just on the meta level, there's a ritual of the soprano coming out and it's some sort of a benediction or something to the audience. It just has that sense the that she is showing us her power as a soprano, the diva, not the one in the moon that she's singing about, mm-hmm but herself as the diva. It's a great way to introduce an important character. Well, let's listen to the most famous moment in the score of Bellini's Norma, Casta Diva from Act One. That was Sandra Radvanovsky, conducted by Ricardo Fritza at the Metropolitan Opera in 2013. Now, that moment is obviously mm. the most famous. Yeah. Is there any other moment in the opera that you feel is underrated or underappreciated? Yes, there are so many, and I'm going to just hold myself to a couple of okay. those right now. There are two that I'm thinking of specifically, and they're both within the finales to Act 1 and Act 2, respectively. So I'll start with the second one, Act 2. There is, uh, the whole thing builds in this great scene, chorus, and everybody gets a part in it. But one part that I'm thinking of is specifically Norma, and she's speaking to her father. She knows she's going to offer herself as a sacrifice, and she is telling him that she's had these children that nobody's known about and says they're not at fault. Please take care of them. 
And at first, he's not going to want to. He's going to say, no, no. And then he's going to say, yes, yes. And that's exactly what I listen for in this passage, de non volerli vittime, um, you don't want them to be victims. She's doing this thing, again, Verdi does this a lot in his career, where she says, I'm going to have to make you feel exactly the opposite of how you feel, and I'm going to use my singing to change your mind and your heart. So would you like to listen to a little bit of that now from the 2013 broadcast with Ricardo Fritze conducting the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra and Sandra Radvanovsky as Norma? That was Sandra Radvanovsky with Ricardo Fritza conducting the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra in the excerpt that you love from the Act Two finale. So let's talk about another moment that you feel is underrated or underappreciated. This one is from another finale. Yes, this ends Act One or part of the trio scene that ends Act One, which was one of the reasons why on the opening night of this opera in 1831, Audiences were a little puzzled because they were not accustomed to Act One ending with a trio. That later became a way to wrap things up, mm -hmm. uh, famously largely because of this. Um, I'm thinking of Faust and Doros and Cavalier, and uh, the trio turned out to be a great way to wrap up all the ends. But here in 1831, they were a little mystified. But they soon learned to love it, and I love it too because of the structure of how the protagonists get involved in each other's melody, which probably makes no sense, but it will after we hear it. Okay. Let's listen to that now. No.
That was Alexander's Antonenko, Sandra Radvanovsky, and Kate Aldrich, conducted by Ricardo Fritza in the Metropolitan Opera broadcast from 2013. So what should audience members who are coming to Norma for the first time listen for? I think the first thing any audience member should listen for in Norma is themselves, in a sense, their own reactions. I believe Bellini knew how to trigger your emotions just with his dots on the page, with Mm -hmm. his music. Uh, But you have to be listening and you have to be trusting what you're hearing. You hear the women singing in parallel harmonies and you'll probably think, wow, they sound so in sympathy with each other. You're right. They are. That's the story being told. And the same with the tempi and everything else. We just heard this trio, right? The trio Mm -hmm. finale of Act One. And it's got this great three, four beat, a sort of perpetual motion feel that makes a lot of people want to dance. And each of the three characters are in and out of sync with each other on this merry-go-round they're trapped on. And you can't help but hear that. And you're right. Trust that, because that's exactly what's going on Mm -hmm. in the drama. So that's what you listen for, your own response. But that means listen really closely to all of the music, not just the hits, that too. Also the recits, the recitatives, the so-called in-between parts before the aria, they're so good in Norma. And uh, I'm thinking especially at the top of Act Two, before one of the big scenes, before uh, the duet Mira o Norma, which we love, Norma has a very dramatic recitative where she's looking at her children, Dormano and Trambi. They're both sleeping. And it's introduced with this beautiful cello melody that any other composer would have made part of one of the big arias. But mm-hmm. it's just in in a recitative, and you feel some genuine emotion from Norma and her dilemma in that part, too. So listen to it all. <laughs> now, this season, the Met is going to be presenting on opening night a brand-new production of Norma, staged by Sir David McVicker. And in the course of the season, the company is going to present three different Normas, Sandra Radvanovsky, Marina Rebecca and Angela Mead, and all of them are very important star singers with great resumes and a lot of experience in the bel canto repertoire. What does a singer need to tackle the role of Norma? What makes it the pinnacle? Why is it so challenging? I hear from sopranos that you need a few things. You need technique, mm-hmm. uh, just all those basics that you had to learn of how to make sounds in a good way. But you also need, and you'll hear Sandra talk about this, and I'm sure the others will too, you need emotional range. It's often said that everything a person can feel is in Norma at Mm -hmm. one point or another, in her character. Sure. And she has to communicate that. And that comes through in terms of music technique also and in range, high notes to low notes and loud to soft and all of these many things. The emotional range is vast. One thing from an audience point of view that I feel I need, and I'm looking forward to getting in abundance with these Mm -hmm. casts, is star quality. You Mm -hmm. need presence. Norma is the most important member of the community just because of her ability to communicate between realms, Mm -hmm. between the ethereal and the human and all of these things. And that, I think, translates into a great singer's ability to communicate across the footlights. 
you need a presence in this woman. Mm -hmm. So uh, the other big female role in this opera is Adelgisa. And Joyce DiDonato is going to sing that on opening night, and then she'll be followed later in the season by Jamie Barton. Yes. Now, why is the casting of that role so important? What do you listen for in interpreters of Adelgisa? Because some Adelgisas have moved on to Norma, and some say they never want to go near it. Right. And does having a star of Joyce's caliber, for example, or Jamie's, make the performance more exciting for you? You had to hear me squeal when I got the news that Joyce DiDonato was mm-hmm. performing Adelgisa and also Jamie Barton later. This is great. Norma is about Norma in a unique way, the way maybe you could think of Salome is about Salome and Richard Strauss's opera. But the other casting is supremely important, especially in this role. And one thing I think you need in Adalgisa is also great musicianship, but the sort of great musicianship that listens to other singers Mm -hmm. and works with them, because Adalgisa is always responding to other people on the stage. That doesn't make her ancillary or less important. It's a different sort of role. And I've been sneaking into rehearsals and listening to Joyce DiDonato singing with Sandra and Joseph Kalea and everybody, and it has been remarkable. Yeah. So you need that not only kind of level of musicianship, the same level as Norma, but also a sort of dramatic intelligence to know who you are and what the character is doing at that time. You talked about the the wonderful responsive quality that Adalgisa needs. And the most famous moment for me, my favorite moment that she has, is her duet with Norma. Can you talk about that a little bit? One of my favorite things about this whole opera is the relationship between Norma and Adalgisa. I think it's remarkable, nuanced, profound. And there are several moments where they respond to each other. But the most famous and certainly a thrilling one is the act two duet Mira o Norma where they actually, you think it's going to start off as a battle between rivals, and they recognize themselves in each other. And you hear that process so clearly in mm-hmm. the music. So let's listen to a little bit of the Cabaletta from Mira O'Norma. Oh, <laughs> 
the Cabaletta from Mira O'Norma with Jamie Barton as Adalgisa and Angela Mead as Norma in a Metropolitan Opera broadcast from 2013. The principal male character is Polione, who is, for my money, a rather unattractive gentleman who is loved by two of the most wonderful women in opera. So character questions aside, what does he need vocally to make it work, a tenor who's taking on this wonderful role? The role of Polione is a perfect example of how Bellini uses music to inform a character. Because if we read about him in the synopsis, we think, this guy is a no-good Nick. And (laughs) why would these two wonderful women both be strung out on him? But we need him to come out on the stage, and he does right at the beginning of the opera, and sing his validity to us make us believe that these extraordinary women are ready to do crazy things to be involved with this man. And it's a very challenging role in many ways that way, mostly just to gain our sympathy through his music. And this season it's being sung by Joseph Kalea. Joseph Kalea, who indeed, I think, brings a very special vocal quality to the character. It's, I think you're going to want to like this guy. Yeah. Which you know you shouldn't, mm-hmm. just like Norma and Adalgisa. <laughs> We're hope, hopelessly in love with them like everyone is. So the principal bel canto composers of the early 19th century are very often lumped together as a trio. What makes Bellini different from Donizetti? and Rossini, and what is unique about his vocal writing as opposed to the other two? One of the things that I think is unique about Bellini is the way he uses melody. We instantly recognize that he had a gift for melody, obviously. Mm-hmm. We sure. just heard that uh, that phrase of Sandra's uh, when she was singing in the finale. That was a single musical phrase that lasted two minutes, and it didn't seem stretched beyond itself Mm -hmm. at all. Uh, But what I think is remarkable about Bellini is how he uses melody for a reason. He's telling a story every time he uses it. And he's inveigling, is that the right word? His melody gets into you in the audience to get a response, a dramatic response. And I think he does that supremely well. All of the singing technique that you need is for a reason. It's to get a response out of you. His characters prove their importance, their validity, through their singing abilities. Your virtuosity equals virtue, in a sense. And I think he is the master of that, uses it in a thrilling way. So you mentioned going into rehearsal. Have you seen anything of the actual production? What's it going to be like? What are your impressions? I have. Very favorable and... 
what and I'm hearing great things from the cast also mm-hmm. working with David McVicker and what I need from a production of Norma is a sense of awe of nature and unseen forces like love and other things and that's very present. I think of this production as vibrantly traditional. I mean, it looks beautiful, which I think works very well with the score, but the characters are very involved. It has sometimes been staged in the past with a sort of classic distance, and that perhaps has been effective to various degrees, but these are people in real-life and extraordinary real-life situations, and it's very powerful. That's great. I'm looking forward to it very much. Yes, me too. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for asking me about Norma. (laughs) My pleasure. That was Opera News Editor-in-Chief F. Paul Driscoll and Metropolitan Opera Radio commentator William Berger, giving us an inside look at the new production of Norma, opening the Metropolitan Opera 2017-18 season on September 25th. Be sure to follow the Metropolitan Opera and the Metropolitan Opera Guild on your favorite social media platform. We always have new content for you to explore. We're so glad to be back with you for another season of podcasts. In two weeks, we'll be back with a pre-performance lecture on Bellini's Norma, featuring Guild lecturer Nemet Habashi. Until then, I'm Naomi Baratera. And I'm Stuart Holt. And thank you so much for listening.